This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review speaking with, I won't say how long I've known this person because that would tell our ages, but friend and colleague, Helen Wheelock of the Women's Hoops Block. How are you? I am very well happy because the WNBA season has kicked off with a with a bang and um, excited to hear and read and watch all the noise around it. So that's a good thing. And that's one of the main reasons why I asked to speak with you, because I'll be honest, full disclosure, once the comments left the WNBA disbanded, I haven't spent much time on the WNBA. Last mm. last oh, month or so, one reason I, I realized that I wasn't receiving all the press releases anymore. So yeah. I contacted uh, someone with the WNBA and asked to be put back on the media list. And lo and behold, I'm starting to get stuff again. So it's a novel. It's a refreshing change. Ah, <laughs> uh, Information. Yes. It's funny how hard it is to get sometimes. So let's go from the approach of, and you're in the New York area, is that right? Yes, yeah, um, in New York City proper. Um, and, and what are your you know, thoughts? We, 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 go ahead. What are your thoughts? And I'll let you finish that in just a second. But what are your thoughts on the Liberty and their current? I mean, it's not quite a vagabond status, but in one sense it is because they're not playing in uh, Madison Square Garden. So mm. share your thoughts on that. Well, uh, as somebody who's been or was a, uh, a Liberty season subscriber since 1998, um, first started going to the games in 97 when the league started, um, fell in love with it and scraped together the money. It was my, you know, to buy season ticket. I, I, in New York City, I'm a um, what's called a teaching artist, so I was not rolling in the dough, but it was my commitment that um, I wanted to support the league, and I loved the league, and I loved going to the Garden, and it was right down center. But there is no doubt um, in the many years that I've been associated with the Liberty, either as a fan or as somebody who's writing about the team and the league in general, um, that the relationship between management and the fan base has been fraught. Um, lots of miscommunications, lots of lots of missteps, lots of assumptions on um, who we were and what we wanted and how we needed to be acknowledged and respected for what we brought to the game and how we were the same and yet different than fans of uh, the Knicks or the Rangers or anybody else who inhabited the garden. Um, and it, it's too rich and deep to go in in this conversation, but the the reason the New York Liberty have been exiled, and I, I use that word deliberately, um, to Westchester is Dolan, the owner. Um, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know why he has a team. Uh, I think the roots of the um the WNBA are they 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 played it smart um safe and hopefully smart uh in that when they started they attached a WNBA team to an NBA team feeling feeling like they could build on the infrastructure um 
some of those NBA teams were like, yes, I want you. I want to promote you. Others were mm, so-so, and some were outright hostile to um, a women's team um, and a women's uh, fan base coming in. Uh, My feeling for Dolan is uh, I wish he was hostile. Um, I think he could care less, and he tried to – he put the team up for sale um, last year and was a little half-hearted in the attempts, and nobody – Nobody bit. Nobody wanted to step in. Um, and so with the the bid falling down, he said, well, I guess I won't sell the team. They'll just play in Westchester. Um, it's an arena that holds 4,300. It feels like, um, just from what I've seen, um, like a Seton Hall gym, if, if you've ever been out to the gym out in, in New Jersey for, for the Pirates. Not a bad thing, not a good thing for a college team. There's something really amazing about being in an old-school gym, but this is supposed to be a professional league. Um, and it just feels like, uh, even if I try to get out there, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's logistically difficult to get out there, even if I wanted to get out there. So... Yeah. He 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 set the bar like you you think you love this team prove it, and that's been something that's been thrown at us for years. And I think he's going to find out that he's going to get his wish. I, I I my fear is that he nobody wanted to buy the franchise, so I'm going to kill it. That's what he's saying. Because who wants to you know it, it's going to move out of New York. That that's it. The moment he said he was going to sell the team, I thought, well, you know, hello Nashville. Um, you're going to inherit a really, really good team. I don't, I don't see him coming in saying, "Oops, I made a mistake. I'll bring you back to the garden." Um, so, yeah, I got strong feelings about it. <laughs> and, I really strong feelings about and, it. And I can tell in the tone of your voice. And I will say, when Dolan put the team up for sale last summer, last year, um, mm. one of my initial thoughts was. Oh, uh, miss, well, yeah, because it was kind of toward the end of the year uh, because the Rockets got a new owner in, in Tillman Fertitta, and I went right on Twitter and tagged Tillman via Twitter. How about buying this WNBA team? Mm. Didn't get any response from him. I got a few from, mm-hmm. I think, former Comet fans who remember the, the good old days of the Comets. And like you, I was a season ticket holder of the Comets first two or three years and then when I started the Houston Round Bar Review and got approved to cover the comments in the WNBA and the NBA, I shifted from subscriber to media. But I've been associated with the league since the beginning and until the mm-hmm. comments were disbanded in what, two thousand eight or so. So so and I still am kind of warm at how the end the demise of the Comets took place as well, yeah. you know, and, and they went from dynasty four championships, 12,000 people, roughly average attendance to 10, nine, eight, seven, no longer being at the uh, Toyota center, going to an arena further away, harder for fans to get to the accommodations weren't great. Different owner who had no idea of what he was doing, nor the mm. financial 
uh, capabilities of running the team correctly. So it kind of sounds like the Liberty is on a similar path, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I am a optimistic realist. Um, I was fortunate when I was covering the league um, and then started covering the NCAA is I, I was curious. I, I, I literally, I, I, the thought was like, where did these players come from? And uh, I, I'm a educator, historian, talker at heart. Uh, I, I want to know how things work. So I, I love the league. I love the opportunity for women to play professionally. But it's also, it, it's a business. And, and you need people who straight up literally have money, right? Because mm-hmm. this is not an inexpensive um, gig. And two, have common sense and compassion and, and passion for what they're trying to do. That they, that, that they are invested in it because they believe in it. Um, because it's, it's, it's not dissimilar. The, the moving around and the losing teams, you know, anybody who knows history knows the NBA went through the same thing. And there are plenty of parallels with it. The, the, the challenge for the WNBA is, one, it's a niche sport in a, a world now that is full of sports. Mm-hmm. When the NBA started, that wasn't happening. Um, there wasn't the kind of competition um, for media saturation, for fan money, all that other stuff. You know, second, it's women playing basketball. And, you know, if we don't acknowledge the misogyny and homophobia, we're just missing the point any more than if we don't acknowledge the racism in the United States. It's like, let's let's just let's just name it and say, great. So yes. if you are an owner coming into this sport, you need to recognize and acknowledge. And I'm really excited that the WNBA in general has sort of finally over a slow journey. And again, I understand the fear has, has just said, yeah, let's embrace our cause. Um, let's acknowledge that sports, I don't care if you're men, women, non-binary, it's a political entity. Um, and so when I'm looking at the the future of the of the WNBA, I, I'm optimistic. Uh, I'm sad for myself, selfishly. I'm sad for the thousands of young uh, men and women, old men and women, girls and boys who walked into the garden and were like, whoa, because we only have 12 teams. It's really hard to get to a WNBA game consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big country. <laughs> so those women, this 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 packed city of of human beings and and athletes and sports enthusiasts won't have that opportunity. Um, so I, I'm hoping that what happens to the New York Liberty is what happens to the Minnesota Lakers. They go to a city that eventually brings in magic and turns around the WNBA, you know, the NBA. That right. that we see somebody, whether or not it's Houston, whether or not it's Nashville, whether or not it's Columbus, um, you know, I, I don't know what makes a good WNBA city. I, I honestly don't. I, I, I don't know if, you know, when I was writing for Women's Basketball Magazine back back in the day, I wrote about the NWBL that started after 
um, 9-11. Mm-hmm. And they took advantage of the fact that they were thinking, you know, a lot of players didn't want to go abroad. And that was correct. There was about a year and a half where they didn't. And then they went, well, this is goofy. And also the league was itself a hot mess. So when you are, when you are investing in a highly competitive um, venture, you've got to be smart about it. You've got to be proactive about it. You've got to take advantage. You've got, you've literally got to invest. You cannot not have a good um, Twitter game. (laughs) You know, you can't, not figure out how to creatively market and get the word out. It's a very crowded um, landscape out there. And, you know, on top of everything else, the media world has changed. You know, when when you and I were covering the the league back in the day, um, yes, media was under attack because of the the advertising market um, and and what their need to raise money and and, and be able to pay for coverage. it's even more so. It's the market has, 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 I'm just watching, you know, newspaper after newspaper collapse and, and the public going, hey, we want coverage, but we don't want to pay for it. Exactly. And I'm like, you know, hush now. Hush now. Yeah. This, I, this is a business. I heard that you years know, ago covering the comments. You know, when I had mm-hmm. my subscription area for less than 10 bucks, we love what you mm-hmm. do, but we don't want to pay for it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Then we're going to have to yep. see changes made. Then, yeah. What are your thoughts? On... And, I, and I think. That, okay. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was going to say that's an interesting thing. Is is um, I, in some way, shape, or form, have been covering the WNBA and CAA for since 1999, when you know the hoopslink.com and Cat Fox, who has since passed, and Sharon Bibb, who worked for. Uh, the Miami Herald and was a women's basketball fan, and they created stuff. There was an opportunity. Right. You know, the coverage of of sports is driven by passion, and it the road towards the coverage of sports is littered with passionate people who just got tired and burnt out. And some of us are just stubborn. <laughs> you know, we're straight up stubborn. I, I. I you know, joined a blog that was started by two lawyers who loved women's basketball in in Minnesota. And they got busy and they have had kids and, you know, the people who were contributed moved on. And, you know, I I am the one caretaker of it. Um, That's an hour a day, sometimes three hours a day, unpaid. And and I'm stubborn. And we're both stubborn. Um, I mean, I still cover women's college basketball, you know, definitely mm. more than I than WNBA because I don't have a WNBA team in town to cover. But also, yeah. even the college teams that I do cover in town, not many folks care. Not many folks yeah. want to read about U of H women, Rice women, TSU, Prairie View, Houston Baptist. So. If the person is not a relative of one of the players, mm-hmm. a coach, staff, then chances are they really don't care. It's not, you know, there's not that many people who are fans of women's college basketball in general. 
it's you know we, we yeah. you talk about it years you know for years women's basketball fans are fans of their team and only their mm-hmm. team they're not fans of women's yeah. basketball as a whole so right what are you what do you how do you can compile your information for your blog <laughs> um well, I mean, I, it's interesting. I was thinking when when it was first conceived, the blog's uh, tagline is "Inane commentary on a game that deserves better." Um, and I, I was thinking that I am now more of an aggregator, like an aggregator, an agitator, and an activator. Okay. Like I, I'm hoping that 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 I'm interested in basketball, top to bottom, side to side. Like I I. I'm interested in the the entity that is women's basketball and the politics of it um, and just the general curiosity of it. So there are other people who do the same thing. Sue Favor does the same thing on hoopism. Um, uh, every, every organization, hopefully, who covers women's basketball knows that this has we have to lift all boats. So there's I, I just put that out to say, um, we need to support cover. Each of us needs to support each other's coverage. None of us are getting rich off of this. Very true. We love the game and we want to grow the game. Mm-hmm. So to that end, I literally am doing the Google, um, following it because, and sometimes Google does not kick up stuff. So that, so just, just, just again, this is why it takes so long. It's like I have my my news feeds that come into my regular email, so. Checking that, posting that, um, having a little sassy commentary on what I'm posting. So sometimes I read all the articles, sometimes I don't. But I, I'm I'm writing teasers so that people are get curious about stuff. Everybody, everything that gets posted on the blog is not just about it's not game by game. Um, sometimes it's about the players. Sometimes it's about the the politics around it. Sometimes because um, that's essential because one feeds the other. Uh, I double ch- I I scan the other other people who are doing the actual writing about it. You know, uh, it's been a while. You know, every then uh, every now and then I will feel uh, and sound off on something that most recently was about um, this idea that the league should expand. And I'm like, dudes, yay, yay for the talent, but we need to make sure that we are building our audience. Before we expand, you know, we have you and I. We have history. We remember Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you've got to build smart. If you talk to Val Ackerman, she's like, mm, we we may have underestimated what we expected, and then got overestimated because ten thousand people were were showing up because it was a new thing. This is a long haul. So, I think what's interesting is, you know, for for the women's hoops blog. The, the sense that I have is it, it keeps, you know, searching for stuff keeps me engaged in the game. And I'm looking for the people who are, have the time to go deep, who are, who are the, the, the folks who are actually covering the game intelligently, not just the politics, but the, the, the game by, like the in-game stuff. Um, and, and trying to keep up with who comes in and who goes, right? Um, you know, we, we, we remember the hoops link. Back in the day, yes. Um, that that's. But remember, you know, Excel came in and came up. Um, uh, full Court Press came. You know, people try, and they keep on coming up. Jim Clark, who writes for 
pursue favor over at Women's Hoops World slash Hoopism. I remember he used to he used to put a weekly um, guesstimate on, on on he would evaluate the games coming up right and 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 talk about the games coming up just just because he was curious about it. So that there is a lot of coverage out there, and I would love and it just drives me bonkers that the NCAA does not make its teams or that the teams don't do what they could do, which is do this work, which is aggregated. Um, that the WNBA puts out an email once a freaking week. What a waste. You know, they should be, instead of having, and bless Cheryl Reeves, instead of having her complain, saying, you should cover us, Minnesota should be tweeting out and emailing out every link on their players, every link on every other player in the WNBA all the time. Nobody should be able to avoid any smidge of coverage of the WNBA. It's not so hard. And you're you're leading leading into other areas that I want to discuss with you. You brought up Coach Reeves and her chastising, blasting, media for lack of coverage. What about, what are your thoughts on what Adam Silver said, the NBA commissioner, about he was the WNBA market and the WNBA's seemingly inability to attract young girls to the WNBA to watch, you know, who would offer that? Well, First of all, show me the numbers. Okay. So there's that. Uh, last I thought 70% of season subscribers were women. That being said, there is a long history. When you unpack the relationship of, and excuse the binary, but of men and women watching athletics, um, and I, I did when I was writing for Women's Basketball Magazine. Uh, again, I, I was curious, you know. And and the the two, Gabby Hanna and and Lois Elfman gave me the opportunity once they taught me and trained me up on how to write to, to run around and ask questions of high school coaches. Um, and it's an interesting thing about women watching sports. The NFL acknowledges and recognizes and yet still talks down to the fact that there is a huge population of women who watch sports and not because their partners watch football, right? There's this sense that, and some of it is borne out by conversations, that boys watch sports, girls sit with the boys to watch sports. And the sports that they watch are the sports that they see. So if you see men's basketball, men's football, men's soccer, men's fill-in-the-blank, and you do not know that women's athletics exist, then you are being conditioned, you know, to reach for that. That's that's all you know. And, and, and you're literally... <laughs> And I, I bet there's some brain research in this because I work in early childhood. You are you are building the patterns in your brain to see that as the normal 
and to see women's athletic as not normal, as the unusual, as the outlier. And it's really hard for us to change patterns or else we'd all be our natural body weight, <laughs> or good body weight, right? So when Silver says stuff like that, part of me is like, son of a, but also wants me to say, it's like, well, then what, what's, your, what's your response? What's your answer? How hard are you working? And how hard are you leveraging the money, the ridiculous money that the NBA has? And it goes back to, you know, and then I'm sneaking right back into like, and this is all rooted in the past. Alyssa Solomon, who used to write for um, The Village Voice, and she'd be like, why aren't they spending their money on the WNBA? And I'm like, because it's a business. So I'm back to my chicken and egg thing. It's like, if if you now believe for 22 years, you and I have heard, well, the WNBA is going to fold. Well, the WNBA is going to fold. Oh, it's a disaster. It's a, Well, it's stubborn too. So NBA, stop being stubborn. Find a really smart, you know, team with Nike back in the day, you know, or the, the Jordan brand or or whatever. Can you make a long-term coordinated commitment to recruiting and connecting women with the game? And it can't be, oddly enough, it can't be just the WNBA because of the way the season is set up. We don't have enough teams. We're a summer league. That's, that's who we are. There's no way we're going to be a winter league. But just that, the NCAA should be our winter league. We're getting better with the WNBA and the NCAA connecting, but the NBA needs to support and underwrite advertising across across the year that is about watching women's basketball. Watch it grow. Watch it grow. Watch it grow. Pick up the college player. Take them into the the pros. Um, and I've seen, I've, I've seen encouraging things in terms of the WNBA doing a better-ish job of co- covering their players um, in, when they're playing internationally in the WNBA offseason. I'm watching NCAA teams slowly step up. But that's, that's also, you know, when you talk about college, play, co- college fans only wanting to follow their college team, it's because the college programs are lazy. And Lynn Dunn, back when she was coaching the WNBA, and um, Ann Donovan called them out on that. I, w- I attended a, a Women's Basketball Coaches Association session at one of the conferences during the Final Four, and they talked about, you know, I think it was Lynn Dunn, it was like, you're happy to put a poster of, you know, this player who played for us is now in the WNBA, but you make no effort to get your players to watch the WNBA, to follow the WNBA, to connect with the WNBA, even if you don't have players going to the WNBA, right? So it's it's ridiculous to me that the NCAA doesn't do that or that that teams don't do that. It's just, it's breathtaking that, you know, we've, we've got, we had the liberty that I didn't regularly see, regularly see St. John, Rutgers, Rutgers players, Columbia, you know, the Blackbirds, Stony Brook, anybody coming to the game. 
that that has to be that has to be the web of support. That has to be the web of support um, to build and to break the patterns that have been established. And you brought up a lot of good points, and just basing it on what I experienced, you know, years ago with the comments, I was surprised and disappointed at the lack of synergy between the comments and UH Rice, TSU, mm. HBU, Prairie View. And I'm just, don't y'all want to help each other, you know, lift up each other in terms of fans coming out to see the comments play, fans coming out to see your, your school. Mm-hmm. It was really sad that they really did not mm. work together to help each other out. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and from the outside, I look at it, it's like, it's, it's a no brainer, you know, it, it, it just needs somebody on either, in, in either um, camp to kind of go, I'll tell you what, if I'm a rocket subscriber and I'm going to give you a percentage off in rockets now because the comments don't exist, you know, mm-hmm. to go to a college game, right? So why not? Why not if, if you know, Carolina, South Carolina doesn't have, you know, a, a, a WMB team. <laughs> Louisville doesn't have. I love the fact that I think Jeff Walls drove and, uh, you know, to, to go see there's some folks in the Annie who drove up to see. So, so, so they're making the effort and, and the social media does like it. it. It's give away. And then, and then I'm like, you know, but the marketing person is like, when you give it away, then sometimes people expect to give it away. That's, that's the history of news coverage, which brings us back full circle right. to that, um, to that. And it, it, I think, I think it also has to be curated. I can't make my players show up, but I love the, the fact that, um, the new assistant coach, and I'm blanking on her name at UConn, and Katie Lou Samuelson were at the, the Connecticut Sun LA Sparks game. That's, and the media showed them. You're like, oh, great. Because if you're a fan, then you may think, oh, I may be able to meet Katie Lou. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's all of that to, to say. And, and, and that's just common sense stuff that, that, you and I probably don't, we've been talking about for, for 20 years. I'm not a PR specialist. I'm just looking at common sense. It costs, you know, if I don't, if I have an empty seat, it costs me no money to, to give uh, a Connecticut, a Yukon Husky season subscriber, a Husky fans that meet the sun. I mean, they, they do that. In, I mean, there, there's been some synergy across there, but why not? Um, why not bring them in? Why not curate that? Why not introduce it? Why not have educate people about what are the differences between the pro and the college game? Well, common you sense know. is not always common. <laughs> True that. Um, and you know, it, it just it's an, it's an ongoing thing about funding, and it's a business, and it is a business. But you know what they say: it takes money to grow money. Yes. Um, and sometimes it will fail. And failing is not, it's not a judgment on the league. If the New York Liberty go away, which is what I'm expecting will happen, it's not a judgment on the league. It's a judgment on Dolan. Not a judgment on the fans. Judgment on Dolan. 
that is who he is. He's a small human being who has done a horrible job running a sports franchise. So, the Liberty and the Knicks, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. exactly. I, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he has very little to do with the Rangers, which may explain why sometimes they succeed. So, so find me some good people who want a good team of exciting, yummy players who will commit to the community with interesting backstories. And let's grow this game. Let's learn from the mistakes. Um, and, and I sometimes wonder, who, you know, who's having the conversation. So again, I, like I would, I would love. I'm nobody, you know. I'm a nobody. I'm just somebody who loved the game and has worked hard and had bits and pieces of knowledge from from 20 years of curiosity. But damn, would I love to be able to sit with the coaches, the Big East coaches, the American coaches, whatever, and say, 20 years ago. Kim Callahan, she called it Chicks with Balls, and then it became Women's Basketball Online. She was the original queen of all women's basketball news. She would get up at 5.30 in the morning, do the searches, put it up. She was an invaluable resource, invaluable. But there's no reason, there's no excuse for unpaid, passionate, folks to be doing this kind of work. That should be what the WNBA is doing. That should be what every conference is doing. That should be its best practices, and that should be demanded. And I do not understand why Lisa Borders doesn't turn to every team and say, this is the minimum that you must do. I don't care if they're different franchises. I don't care. Yeah, I'm noticing on on your Twitter account and and uh, David Dyson Swiss and Sue Hoopisma that some of the WNBA teams did a poor job during training camp media days on social media. Mm-hmm. That this is 2018. That just can't happen. It shouldn't happen. Exactly. That just shouldn't happen. It's bad enough. It happens in uh, college division yeah. one level and the staffing of it of the staffing of it may be a problem i know clearly the power five it's never happened at a power five school because they have money just coming out of the ears but it mm-hmm. you'd be surprised it it it, it does happen on, on that tier to some extent uh, clearly on the women's sports and the what is What's the term? The Olympic sports. So mm-hmm. not football, yeah. not me and basketball. Everybody else yeah. is, oh, yeah, kind of fend for yourself. So, right. Well, if UMBC didn't teach anyone anything in terms of the retrievers, mm-hmm. that having a, a, a smart act, a smart aleck, um, good-humored, intelligent um, social media person is essential. You know, that that's the way you get noticed and it's it's and it's not about money uh, oddly enough uh, uh, again for the when I was writing for the women's basketball coaches association for their magazine for the coaching magazine which thank goodness they were asked, weren't asking me about like basketball because 
never played the game, can talk it, but oh lord, you know, don't ask me to, you know, like, like the actual ins and outs of the games. I've learned a lot, but I am no expert and I've never pretended to be. But I remember talking to, um, I think Lisa Champagne is her name, up at Vermont at the Catamounts when they had a moment when the Catamounts were doing really, really well. And I talked to her, we talked 15 years ago, um, and maybe 10 years ago, and I was like, so what are you doing? And she was a one-woman show who managed to tweet out and send in an email everything that was written about the Catamounts to all the parents who managed to get her game streamed. And I'm like, this, she was doing it for all, all of her athletics. So if that's what's expected, then that's what should be expected. It's not about money. It's about will and commitment. Exactly. And Because I know that there are some schools who don't have sport-specific Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, really? How yeah. how are we, the fans and media parents, going to know about your sport if you don't have a way to get the message about that sport to us? Yep. Yep. So, you know, that, that doesn't, I just really bothers me. What is your and, take and on, on okay. the um, Final Four versus the Women's Final Four? Oh, well, I, I've been clutching about that for years. It, that goes right back to this question of, of patterning. I, 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 language is hugely important, you know, hugely important. And I think adding men's, why does that upset folks? You know, why does it upset folks? Language is, is, it's symbolic, you know, when when this this is an ongoing when when people you know that used to be I I grew up and they were policemen because that's what they were, and then when women joined it, people they started saying fighting for police officer. Mm-hmm. So what if we switched it up for a year then and alternated? One year we have. Let's say we had the final four in Columbus, and I, when did I can't remember where did the men play last year? San Antonio. San Antonio. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So let's try it. We'll call ours the final four. We'll call yours the men's final four, and then the next year we'll switch it up. That's fair. Any problem with that? Because it's the outrage or the the reaction that interests me. Because it's not going to cost any more to put four letters and apostrophe on a tiny little pin. And it's been an argument that I've had with sports writers forever. There was, um, for for a couple days, and who knows who reads the blog or not, but for a couple days uh, of of postings, I removed women's 
from all the headlines uh, of the of the links that I was posting. Let me ask you this. Nobody noticed. Do you, is it a question of you want men's Final Four or do you want Final Four for both? I don't mind men's and women's as I'm thinking about it because um, I want to know what score I'm, I'm paying attention to. Okay, because see, that's where I was kind of leaning myself because I understand it. I, I think it I mean, makes sense not to have to refer to it as men's final four. But, oh, not too long ago, someone put on Twitter about the Minnesota Lynx had the greatest assembly of talent in women's basketball history. And mm -hmm. the Lynx Twitter responded as, let me clean it up for you and said in basketball history. And I, I was taken aback by that because the sports are different. We can't complain one way that we to recognize us equally and then not yeah. say that there's a difference. Yeah. And, and I think this is, it, it's, it, I, I, these are really interesting discussions because I, I, I swing back and forth on either side of the fence because, because, um, because when, someone is the winningest coach in basketball, mm -hmm. then it's the entire entity. When Coach Stringer was the first coach in college basketball to take four teams to the Final Four, and then, see, this is how important it is. Some other guy did that. <laughs> or, yeah. You know, um, and it wasn't identified as it was basketball. And people were like, you mean men's basketball? Because we already did that. Um, it, it, it just symbolized this question of, of, of power and information. Um, I wrote a satirical response to, you know, NPR um, again 10 years ago when I had been staying up all night to watch Stanford and Jackie Stiles was playing and did it. And it was a tongue-in-cheek because I was I was writing them to say they made a mistake because they were talking about teams that they were saying advanced to, to the you know to the final four but they hadn't and I was deliberately mishearing them because they had said you know Stanford when Stanford had lost or whatever and it, and they were talking about the men's final four not the women's final four you know I wouldn't I would when I'm talking about women. Wimbledon, I want the men's draw and the women's draw. Mm -hmm. But but I also am interested in them flipping the order. Like, why is it always the men are the last, you know, culmination of the... Let's switch it back and forth. Yeah, why why do the men's I think, championship play on Sunday and not the women sometimes? Exactly. I, I, I think if the, you know, if the Williams sisters and certainly Serena haven't proved anything is they are worth the attention. Um, and who cares? Who cares if it's on Saturday or on Sunday? If we switch it back and forth, it's fair. But we know that the research shows that 50-50 doesn't feel fair to those who've been privileged. Yes. So 
Yeah, so I, I guess it, it's all of a journey, you know, like like when I think about language and I think about, you know, I'm, I'm mid-50s when I was growing up and I just think of the changes in, in language and how we use language and how we think about language and how symbolic language is and language has always been symbolic and people have always questioned it, but, you know, we have gut responses. Somebody says doctor to me and I, I still just, the image of a man comes to my head because that's how I was trained. That's what right. I saw. Right. I know better. And yet that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So awareness doesn't mean, you know, and, and advocating and discussing. I, I don't know where we're going to go with it, but, but I think it's worth a discussion for people to question long held beliefs that they've not questioned. And then why not? That, in all honesty, not as like I was lying or trying to mislead, but that's really the discussion I wanted the discussion to begin. And telling my friend, we're going to have to do this again because <laughs> my landlord is here doing stuff to the property. So let's call this part one, and then mm. we'll work on our schedules and try to do a part two and to continue this discussion. But I am going to post this part one as soon as I can because I've enjoyed it as I, I knew I would because we share similar views, but we're not, you know, robots and don't agree on everything. Why would we? And I would I'd be kind of boring. Mm-hmm. But I think when did we first meet? Was it at a Final Four or was it at a Commerce Liberty game? I feel like it was probably a Final Four. I think, I think so. we, I think, you know, we, we're so old. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there was no Twitter. Yes. So, yeah. so, so it, it may have been on message boards. We're so old. We, we remember Yahoo groups and MSNBC mm-hmm. remember, message boards and forums. Repcal message board. Yeah, it was huge. Oh, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if it still exists, but that, that was like the place it, it does. Is basketball. So yeah, yeah. Because because back in the day, we were desperate to find other like-minded souls mm-hmm. who had discovered this thing. And and again, uh, it's it's in the bio and on the blog. But I didn't know about women's basketball until a friend of mine said in 1997, "You need to come to this thing at the Garden." I I I did not know. Did not know the WNBA was going to exist for a variety of reasons. I was poor, didn't have cable, all that other stuff. We didn't have the internet the way we do. Mm-hmm. And she dragged me to it, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. Um, and I love the idea of it and the politics of it. And I'm amazed at the human beings that I've met, like you and, and Lena Williams and Stick and, and like Terry from the LA Times and people who made an effort who pushed to cover this game because not only because they loved it, but it deserved the coverage. Yes. And they are both the chicken and the egg in this work. And, you know, it's, I think the thing that keeps me stubborn is like, they did it. I can do it. You know, Crystal Robinson and, and, and Cynthia Cooper built this league to hand it off to other people. We need to support them and, and remind them that it just keeps on building. It may not build as fast as we want, but, you know, 22 years in, 
it's not going to go away. But if it's threatened, then we need to step up. Same thing with the NCAA, you know. The last two Final Fours have been the most amazing things I've ever had the joy of participating in and yelling at. (laughs) (laughs) So how exciting, how exciting. You know, I'm looking at the WNBA this season, middle of a blog post before I started talking to you and going, dang, these teams are solid, good, exciting this year. I mean, amazing across the board, across the board. It's going to be a good summer. It's going to be a good summer. And on that positive note, because that can really be a part two discussion to get more about the WNBA 2018 season as it progresses. So, my friend, um, Helen Wheelock, tell everybody how they can find your blog. We've missed it a lot of times. You haven't told them what it was. Uh, Yeah, it it is called the Women's Hoops Blog. um, And a, a quick Google will find it. It's it's uh, hosted by Famous WordPress. So Women's Hoops blog, it may pop up, pop up the old site, which is on the uh, incredibly ugly uh, blog spot, but uh, ignore that and come to Women's Hoops blog over in, in WordPress and, and check out all the links on the side if you want more coverage because, and if I'm missing anyone, holler because uh, we need to support each other. And I subscribe, so I get the emails, the email daily. And I I look at stuff. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, I didn't know that either. So I, I click on that, read that. Oh, okay. So you are are one of my sources for women's hoops, as I have many sources, to get information or, or just to satisfy my curiosity about, it. huh, really? I didn't know that either. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what we're here for, I think, to help each other learn more about things we didn't know about. Yeah. Teaching, learning, it's all good. It is. Teaching and learning. Okay, Because that's what sport teaches us, right? Right. Well. I will talk to you soon. Sir. Hopefully. That's that's what it teaches us. I could be holding another discussion about other things we could talk <laughs> about. Um, about sports Education. and just stick to sports and, you know, just shut up and dribble or whatever. But that's a whole other oh. area we can. We can and I think we should delve into that, too. So. Maybe this may turn into something here. (laughs) I'm game. I'm game. I'll talk to everyone and anyone. (laughs) It's a family trait. Have a great weekend, sir. Thank you for taking the time and reaching out. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to chat and discuss. And you have safe travels. And I will talk to you soon so we can do this again. Hello, Elok. I love you. Take care of yourself. And I'll talk to you later. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye.